Church, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to uh, the New Testament Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 5, looking at some famous words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, and we'll have opportunity later in this morning's worship uh, gathering to participate in communion or the Lord's Supper, and so kids are invited to remain right here as we fix our gaze upon Jesus, as we uh, are encouraged from him through his his word. Matthew chapter 5, if you're using a pew Bible, you can find this text on page 785, carrying over to the next page, but uh, as you find your place there in this portion of the Bible, let me invite you uh, to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of, of God's good word, his holy word, words of our Lord, words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. Jesus said, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. God, we, we turn to you now. We pray that you would speak to us, that you would instruct us, that you would shape us through and according to your word by the presence and power of your spirit for the glory of your name. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We may be seated. Well, there in the ground, his body lay. Light of the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave. He rose again, and as he, as Jesus stands in victory, since curse has lost its grip on me, for I am his and he is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. For such good news, news of which we sing Such gospel news, news of God's grace for which, because of which we gather to worship him. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus, meaning we now belong to him. We are his. What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. You see, we we are his, not because of our moral efforts, But because of the Father's mercy, giving us, in the words of Peter, giving us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, purchased by his blood, we now belong to him. And those who belong to him, those who belong to him, here's what I want us to see. Those who belong to Jesus begin to reflect the heart of Jesus. Those who belong to Christ begin to then reflect The heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's an interpretive key to Jesus' message here. I think that's an interpretive key to Jesus' sermon on uh, the mount. He's not saying, as we uh, said last week, he's, he's not saying, here are the steps, right? Here's the path to get into my kingdom. Go do this, and I'll let you in. That's not what Jesus is saying. No, Jesus is saying, here's what it looks like to live as a citizen of my kingdom. Here's a glimpse of the kind of kingdom values that will be present in my kingdom. 
some kids in here this morning. Any, any kids playing sports right now? Any, any kids playing? Yeah, I see some. Some playing a sport right now. Others that you, you may not be playing a sport, but you're in a classroom, right? You're going to school. Anybody going to school? Right? On that team or in that classroom, uh, there, there are uh, some expectations, right? You're part of a team or a class, and there are expectations that participants in that class or on that team uh, are to know and to abide by. Maybe if you're playing on a sport team, there's, there's some plays that you're to learn, some rules to, to follow. And the more time that you spend with your coach or your teacher, the more you begin to reflect those things. You, you learn to do them. And likewise, we're seeing here that those who know the king of the kingdom, those who spend time with Christ, those who are his, begin to reflect who he is. Some kingdom virtues that will characterize heaven. But they're not just eschatological, meaning uh, only realized in eternity, right? They're not just for a future day. They're also for the here and now as God's spirit transforms our hearts so that we begin to reflect his. But before the Lord will truly change our hearts, there's a basic desire for God without which the spirit won't change our hearts. In other words, the Likewise, when it comes to a team or a classroom, there's, there's a basic, uh, understanding. You, you gotta wanna be on the team. You gotta, you gotta wanna be there. You, you gotta wanna be part of what's going on. And I think Jesus is saying right here in this first beatitude that we're looking at this morning, those who yearn for God will be satisfied by God. Those who yearn for God will be satisfied by God. It was Augustine in the fourth century, Augustine was the Bishop of Hippo, uh, modern day port city uh, on the coast of Algeria in North Africa called Annaba, uh, who said this. He said, thou hast made us for thyself. God, you made us for, for you. you. You made us for you and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. In other words, true happiness is only found in knowing God because God made us to know him. He made us to, to be in relationship with Him. He made us to depend upon Him and to know His character and His goodness. He made us to know Him. What is the chief end of man? Westminster Catechism responds, the answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You see, people disappoint. Right? Riches fade. Health wanes but God lasts forever he has always been and he will always be he lasts forever and ever and he made us to enjoy him forever those who yearn for God will be satisfied by God I think that's what Jesus meant when he said blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled anybody hungry this morning you may not be thinking, some are, yeah. I see some hands, some head nods. Some of you are, some of you are already hungry. By the end of church, by lunchtime, you're going to be really hungry, right? We're, we're hungry. But you know what? If we were to think about that and, and light of our lives, we, we really don't know what it's like to, to really be hungry, right? We, we say sometimes, I'm starving. We say I'm starving, but, but we're not really starving. Many folks, our human history, even today, Know what it's like to be hungry. 
To not know where the next meal is coming from. To lack food. To be without clean water. These are real dangers. Dangers that threaten human life. And yet the Bible teaches that they're a shadow of a deeper need. A greater need. A greater hunger. A spiritual hunger. Only satisfied by Jesus. You see, hungry for fellowship with God. The psalmist would say, as the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my God. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a deer pant, but I've certainly seen a dog pant. You have too. Parched. Wanting something to satisfy. The psalmist says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God, my soul Thirst for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? See, to hunger and thirst for righteousness is to hunger and thirst for God. It's to want to be right with God, to be in fellowship with God, to to want to live a life that honors and enjoys Him. And Jesus says those who yearn for Him will be satisfied by Him. Meaning it's not something that we can achieve on our own, but something given to those who know they can't achieve it on their own. They will be filled by God. Churches, we've already sung this morning. We we know this filling, this filling comes through Jesus. His perfect obedience His righteousness, His right standing before God, offered to all who look to Him. Friends, see the righteousness of Jesus. See the righteousness of Christ offered to you. So we consider the words of Christ, the message of Christ, the truth of the gospel. Let's let's see the, the righteousness of Jesus Christ that is offered to us. The righteousness that is not earned but received, imputed or credited to our account on the basis of faith. In Jesus Christ. Right? In Christ alone. Who took on flesh. Fullness of God and helpless babe. This gift of love and, and righteousness. It's a gift. It's a gift by God's grace. Provided by Christ and received by faith in Christ. Given to all who trust Jesus For their position before God. Paul would say it this way in Romans chapter 4. He would say, now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. He says, to the one who works, wages are are not credited, they're not a gift, but an obligation. If you you work, you're to be paid for whatever the agreement is. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. In fact, this is something I'm trying to teach my, my own kids today. I've got a child that has this toy that he really wants right now for some reason. I don't know why. He's asking me to buy it. And I said, son, um, I'm not just going to buy it for you. But you can earn, you can earn some money by doing some things, by doing some chores, by having a good attitude incrementally. And when you earn enough, we'll think about buying it. Right, but, but not so when it comes to the righteousness of Jesus. Not so when it comes to our position before God. There's, there's nothing we can do to, to purchase it. 
There's nothing we can do to, to earn it. Paul says, now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. He says, David says the same thing. He's quoting Psalm 32 here. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. He says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin, the Lord, will never count against them. Blessed are those. Happy are those. Friends, there's a lot of false advertising in the world. We know this. But here's a place where satisfaction is truly guaranteed because of the one who's guaranteeing it. Don't you want to know true happiness? Don't you want your your deepest longing, your hunger and thirst to be satisfied forever and ever? Don't you want to be right with God, to be satisfied in Him? See the righteousness of Jesus Christ offered to you and receive it by trusting Christ for it. Those who trust Christ belong to Christ. And those who belong to Christ begin to reflect the heart of Christ. How so? Well, those shown mercy will show mercy. Those shown mercy will show mercy. That is, those who know the mercy of God shown in the gospel... Those who are familiar with the mercy of God that's been demonstrated, shown to them in the coming, the living, the dying, the rising of Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation. The merciful are those who know the mercy of the Father. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The merciful are those who are certain they've experienced God's mercy, God's help, God's help in a desperate Situation, those who've received perfect righteousness in Jesus Christ, that's mercy. And if we, in turn, don't show mercy, in the words of James Boyce, we show that either we understand little of that mercy by which we have been saved, or else we have actually never received it. Paul would describe God this way in Ephesians chapter 2. He would say, but because of his great love for us, Because of God's great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, this is who he is. He is rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We were dead in our sins, but praise God, friends, he is rich in mercy. And those who know his mercy begin to reflect his heart by showing mercy. I hope we're seeing that. Jesus' words are healing for the hurting, or comfort for troubled souls, the real and lasting hope for those who look to him. For those who look to him will begin to love him, and those who love him will soon see him. In fact, he goes on to say, those who love God supremely will see God eternally. Those who love God supremely will see God eternally. And seeing God, seeing God, being with the one 
for whom we were made to know, seeing him sounds good if we're at peace with him. The true happiness is found in knowing him. I want, I want to be with him. Like forever. If the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, then I want to be with him forever. If my only hope in life and death is that I am not my own but belong to God, I want to be with him. I want to be with him forever. Jesus speaks of forever when he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They're going to see him, he says. Who, who, who are these? The pure in heart. See, God looks at the heart. We know this from the story of David, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. We know from David's own life and his own confession of his sins that Jesus, that God wants pure hearts. Create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, O God, David prays. Well, the pure in heart are those who love the Lord with all their heart. They're those who are devoted to Him. There's only one little problem. We don't. We don't love Him supremely. Not on our own. We're not pure in heart in that Wait, we don't love Him supremely, not by ourselves. We, we got a heart problem, the Bible says, and we need a divine cardiologist. I right, scratch that. We, we need a divine cardiovascular surgeon to give us new hearts. Hearts that long for Him and hearts that love Him and praise Jesus. Our God is not only rich in mercy, but He's a master of surgery. Right? One who has planned and promised and is now practicing such transplants among sinners of every nationality, not only granting them the perfect righteousness of his only son, but giving them new hearts so that they begin to live lives that reflect such righteousness. This is what Moses meant when he said to the Israelites on the precipice of the promised land in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he said, the Lord will God, the Lord, your God will circumcise your hearts. He's going to do surgery on your hearts. The Lord, your God, will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. Why? So that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Praise God for new hearts, hearts that desire him. May he keep on circumcising our hearts by the transformative and ongoing work of his spirit so that we might love him supremely and see him eternally. John says in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Dear friends... That's how he talks to fellow believers. Dear friends, dear friends, now we are children of God. As believers, we've been adopted into the family of God. We are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. John says we're going to see him. As he is one day, believer, we're going to see him. We will see God. We will see his face. Revelation chapter 22, verse 4. No longer separated by our sin, but forever and completely forgiven and cleansed and changed and welcomed into his glorious presence. Our faith is anchored in the past, right? It rests upon the completed work of Christ on the cross of Calvary. It's anchored in the past. It's certain, a certain and sure 
hope because of what Christ has done. It's anchored in the past. It's lived out in the present. And it's looking toward the future. So as we look toward the future, how are we to live in the present? We're to live with eyes on Jesus Christ so that, church, we begin to reflect the heart of our Savior. The one who came preaching peace and granting sinners peace with God. Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? I'm not asking if all is well in your life. I'm not asking if everything's in order or easy. I'm asking if it is well with your soul. Are you at peace with God? Are you confident that you have been reconciled to a holy and mighty and eternal and just God by faith in Jesus Christ? You see, you can be at peace with God and those at peace with God will contend for peace in the world. Those at peace with God will contend for peace in the world. Because Christ came as the Prince of Peace. And He came granting us peace. He came giving us peace with God. And those who belong to Christ begin to reflect the heart of Christ. The Christ who says in verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. They'll be called God's children, not because peacemaking makes us his children, but because peacemaking reveals that we are his children. Reflecting the character of the God who has saved us, the character of our Father in heaven, the Heavenly Father, who Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in his Son. All the fullness of God dwelling in Jesus and through him, through Jesus To reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you know how to get to a place of peace with God? By trusting in the one whose blood was shed for you. So friends, receive Enjoy and spread the peace of Christ. Receive, enjoy, and spread the peace of Christ. Receive it in faith. Receive, enjoy, and spread the peace of Christ. You can't spread what you don't know, and you won't spread well what you don't enjoy. But if you know the Father, if you know the peace of our heavenly father if you know you're right with him on the basis of jesus's provision for you and only on the basis of jesus's provision for you then you'll begin to share and to show such peace with the world because those who belong to christ begin to reflect the heart of christ let me ask you this morning do you know the heart of christ do you know the heart of jesus christ do you know his heart for you Oh, friend, have you given your heart to him? Have you given your heart to Jesus, the Jesus who said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
Jesus said, true and permanent, lasting satisfaction is only found in him. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Do you, do you believe? Do you believe in him? See, he's the one who promises to satisfy our hunger and our thirst for God himself. So let's look to him. Let's not look anywhere else to satisfy that longing. Let's look to Christ and to Christ alone. Brother, sister, believer, every time we take the supper as we're about to do, every time we participate in communion, every time we participate in the Lord's supper, we are declaring that we believe, that we believe that true forgiveness and satisfaction and life are only found in Him. And so this morning as we prepare to take the elements, if you are a believer, if you're a believer, then participating in communion is a reminder and it's a recognition of Christ's ultimate provision. That He alone satisfies and secures your salvation. It's a demonstration, once again, of faith in Him, of dependence upon Him, and a joy and a delight to eat, to remember His body broken for us, to drink and to remember His blood spilled for us on the cross of Calvary, that our sins might be paid for and that we might be permanently reconciled to God. So if you're a believer, in just a few moments, you're invited. You're invited to participate. You're invited to remember the words of our Savior. You're invited to eat, to drink, and to gaze upon Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And because that's what it is, because communion is an acknowledgement of dependence upon Him and His provision for us, it's only for believers. It only makes sense for believers. It only makes sense for those who are aware of God's grace and have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so if that's not you, you're wrestling with those truths let me just encourage you keep wrestling with them in a spirit of dependence upon and faith in god to show maybe spend this time in prayer maybe you've come to a place of recognizing and believing and wanting to express your faith in him then turn to him even this morning cry out to him to save you and he will he promises to do so So as we remember, as we eat, as we drink, let's gaze upon Christ in our hearts and let's keep worshiping Him. It's our deacons who are serving this morning. If they would come to their place of service at the table in just a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead us in prayer. I invite you to pray too. I'm going to lead us in prayer. And after I do, you feel the freedom to come to the table. And as we've done lately, it would help us if you come and start toward the center of the sanctuary. So if you're in one of these center sections, if you start down the middle aisle and then take the bread and the cup and fan back out. Likewise, if you're on the wings, if you would come uh, toward the center of the room and take the bread and then the cup and then fan out around the sides of the room. And as you return to your pew, let me encourage you. Take that bread. Take the cup. And as you do, take your time and think about Jesus, his body broken, his blood shed for you. As you return to eat and drink, as you're led and do so to the glory of the God who saves. 
And if you prefer to be served right where you are, know that Kevin, one of our ministers, will be coming around and gladly serve you a prepackaged element right where you are. Be sure to grab his attention as he comes your way. But let's turn to the Lord. I'll lead us in prayer. And then after I do, you come. You come to the table. Oh God, this morning we, we bow before you acknowledging your greatness, your might, your majesty, your sovereignty, your, your worthiness of praise and adoration from every creature that you have made. And yet we acknowledge our failure. To rightly worship you. Lord, we acknowledge our sin this morning. We confess it. God, we confess it to you. And we believe that that your son Jesus paid our debt in full. Lord, that he was nailed to the cross on our behalf in accordance to your plan. So that you might remain a just God. And yet the God who justifies sinners. Declaring us righteous in your sight by your grace. Faith in Christ. Oh, Father, as we take the elements, even now, even this morning, we pray that we would do so with eyes on Jesus, depending on Jesus, recognizing his sufficiency. And that you satisfy in him. Oh, God, lead us, be glorified in us. Hear our praise, stir us to worship you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.